This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about some mental health tips that are born out of uh, where we are in place and time. Oh, it's going to be a show for everyone. Um, but before we get into anything, as always, want to just start by saying, how is your mental health? Take some time to check in on that. How you doing? What do you need? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? What boundaries maybe need to be set? Where do you need to prioritize mental health more? Kind of check in on that. Also, as I'm working with some of my patients in my private practice on, what do you have built in for the week ahead of the day ahead that's rooted in joy? You got any joy? Set up a joy calendar. Yep, I work with some of my patients on setting one of those up. They purchase a calendar, create one, print one out. I usually make them just with a piece of paper, just kind of draw those lines in there, write in the dates. And for a lot of people, it's a way to track what their lives are centering. It's also a way to track how much work they're doing versus how much rest is built in, how much pleasure and fun and leisure is built in, and really getting a sense of whether or not you're overworking. We're talking a lot about work-life balance, but very few of us do that. I'll say to a client, what percentage of that calendar would be based in things that are labor-driven? And it's all of it most of it. And I'm like, all right, so write in what you have planned that's going to be restful or based in fun and pleasure. And it's like one or two things. And it's like, okay, so that is not work-life balance. <laughs> and we'll never get there. The system doesn't allow for that. Although it is with us working from home, people working four days a week, flex time, shorter days, we're getting there. And that's important for our physical health and mental health because the current work schedule is not rooted in physical health or mental health. In fact, the 40-hour work week Five days a week, eight hours a day was rooted in a time when we had community care, family support. Um, now that things are different, it needs to adjust. So it's not mental health or physically health based. So we do a joy calendar So for a multitude of reasons. I want people to see that they have things ahead. I want them, again, to track where they're putting all their time, energy, and focus. I want them to see the imbalances. Um, so I want it to be something that motivates us, something that restructures, and also something that reminds us of what's important. Um, so do that. Do it in different colors. Create a calendar. Write things that are work-based in, let's say, blue. Pick a color. doesn't matter. Green. Write things that are rooted in just rest in another color, orange or yellow, let's say. And it's things that have no productivity tied to them. They are, and the thing that is productivity tied is that it's restful and we need more rest. That, that, isn't, that is a meaningful, legitimate thing. And then write in another color, things that are just rooted in joy and pleasure. Going to see a movie, going for a walk, um, going on a date, reading a book, going shopping, whatever it is. 
and look at how often those things are sprinkled in to see how much more of it you need. That's what our lives should be centered in. So do that. And that will also help improve your mental health. For other clients, I also have them doing another color things that are social based to check in on how much socialization they're doing. A lot of people realize in the course of a week, maybe they socialize once, maybe they socialize twice. For some, that's a lot. Others, that's not enough. And checking in on that and pushing back and shrinking down the amount of time we're doing labor. Um, and also, like I said, when we're doing labor, we're only doing it at 70%. That's how we protect our mental health and physical health. We are not machines or robots. <laughs> our needs matter. So I want to remind you all to do that that could sometimes be all that's needed to really kind of shift your relationship to your mental health. And then as always asking those around you, hey, how is your mental health, you say to them? Reminds them to focus on it, reminds them to check in on it, and also lets them know that you are a safe resource to talk about those things. All right, so we're gonna be doing all that. Um, but paying attention to where we are in time and place, uh, back to school, it's happening. For some, it's already happened. <laughs> I often don't think in those terms. So I forget that that's something that's already begun. In my mind, it's very much rooted in the fall. We're not there yet. Um, but also I, I like to punctuate these shows with um, things that are just rooted in clean, pure mental health stuff. Um, you know, cause often we're talking about things that are more topical, generalized. Uh, so the first thing we have to talk about when we're getting into all this is that there's a lot of different things we're talking about when we're talking about mental health. And the research shows us that, you know, a lot of us over rely on these outdated medical model theories, thinking that mental health is just genetics and, you know, neurochemical brain imbalances. And, you know, huge studies have been dropped recently that show that, in fact, it's not the case. We've already known that, most of us, and that about 60 to 70% of our mental health is based on the world we're living in. It's based on the social environment around us. It's based on the social worlds we're participating in, the political world we're participating in, the relationships, all of those factors, um, things that are outside of us, that our genetics themselves and our brains are maybe 20, 30, 40% max. And what does that mean? It means we have to not just rely on medications and therapy. We actually have to go out and change the world, which is what therapy should really be about, sending you back out into your world and restructuring all that, uh, looking at the person we are moving through the world and the impact others are having on us and social media and all these different factors, because that's a, that's a determinant of our mental health. So we have to think in a larger, more macro perspective. Um, again, we have to stop thinking that your mental health is just about what's wrong with you, that it is all on your shoulders and your responsibility only, and that maybe you are causing it or that it's based in your stuff with your family or your brain. Often that's not the case. Often, like I said, it's the people you're with, it's the things you're around, it's the things that are going on in the world around us. We internalize that. We are an open system. We're a sponge. We are deeply, deeply systemically intertwined with everything else around us and outside of us. So we're going to come back and unpack some of that, talk more about it. And then of course we'll be doing some DMs. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, y'all. We're back talking about mental health, how to reprioritize it. Why? We're going back to school. Fall's coming. Time to refocus, reprioritize. We were talking in the segment before about a joy calendar. It's really a mental health calendar where we're tracking the work we're doing in one color of ink or pen or marker or pencil or crayon or whatever it is. And then we're doing another color for things that are just restful. Then we're doing another color for things that are joy and pleasure. And then finally, another color for socialization. And we're really looking at where all of our time and energy goes. And often it's not to the right things. And we need to rebalance that. Put more time and energy into social, more time and energy into fun and pleasure, more time and energy into rest. We talk about work-life balance and no one's going to look at it and see a true 50-50. No one's going to look at it and really even see a 60-40. You're probably going to see an 80-20, a 90-10, or 95-5. We are working way too much. It's burning us out. It's stressing us out. All the yoga, meditation, and workouts and vacations in the world won't help us because all that does removes us temporarily from stressors. Awesome. But that stress still exists in our bodies because we're still actually symbolically and psychologically thinking about it, participating in it, answering phone calls, checking emails. Our systems are never giving, given a break. We have to reorganize that system. We have to have more time away from those stressors and more time away from the stress. And the way we do that is by rebalancing our priorities. Um, another thing we have to talk about is that there are no bad emotions. We have so much emotion phobia because we think that there are good emotions and bad emotions. And the bad emotions are things that we should never feel and worry about if we're feeling them. Oh, dear God, no. We will all be depressed at times. That is a normal, natural function. We will all be anxious at times. That is a normal, natural function. Remember, we don't want to illegitimize or shame or avoid emotions. We also, though, don't want to amplify or dramatize, or dramatize emotions. It's about just letting them be. Oh, I'm feeling a little anxious today. Okay, I'm not going to crank it up. I'm not going to crank it down. I'm just going to acknowledge and notice. I'm feeling a little depressed today. Okay, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to catastrophize and dramatize it. It doesn't request or require anything. I'm just going to allow it. What was my plan for the day? Ah, that's right. I'm going to learn how to make room and allow all these emotions to exist. Emotions are like waves. They always crash and subside if we just allow it to do its natural process. But instead, what we also often do is we buy into it. We get infected with it. We internalize it. We hook onto it. We feel like we have to act from it and feel from it. We don't. We can feel something but still act and think and live from something else. That is what mental health is about. Not saying this is a good feeling, that's a bad feeling. It's just about allowing them. What we live from instead is our ethics and our values and who we want to be that day. I can be angry and still be a good parent. I can be angry or depressed and still be a good loving partner. 
because we want to live from our values and our ethics. We are often socialized to be what we call mood dependent. If I'm feeling angry, I got to act angry. I'm feeling depressed. I got to act depressed. It's just not true. There is more flexibility in that than we realize. And that is the basis of a lot of important psychotherapies, CBT, DBT, ACT, mindfulness. It's all about recognizing how do I feel? And all I need to do is notice it. I need to allow it. I'm not going to battle it. It's not a bad thing. How can I carry that with me and allow that as I have the day that I need to have? And when you do that, you start to realize that there's more flexibility and workability in your emotions. That's also where self-regulation comes in. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you have a right to name call or hit someone or throw something, but people that don't know how to separate emotions from behavior, that's how they live. And they often create really toxic relationships for themselves and other people. Those are dangerous people to be around. People that aren't able to regulate and to live and act from ethics, integrity, what's important to them. Think about parenting. That's what good parents do. All parents at some point want to scream something horrible to their child, maybe spank them, but healthy people regulate and they don't. They realize that's physical abuse. That's verbal abuse. I don't want to raise my child in fear. Uh, that's no way to control. We know that. Trying to control people by fear, they will retaliate. They will resent you. That does not create functionality. <laughs> or success, uh, compassion actually gets us a lot further. People are more motivated to take care of so, a, a person, place, or thing when they feel connected to it and cared for by it. We know that from research. The more care forward we, f the more care we feel coming towards us, the more care forward we feel. That just sounds clunky to say it like that. But when people around us are taking care of us, that makes us want to take care of ourselves, and that makes us want to take care of them. Um, not not doing that instead out of fear or control. So again, no bad emotions. Learn how to allow them. You know, everyone's going to be driving through traffic. Someone's going to do something that's upsetting or frustrating, but we can't chase everyone down and throw rocks out our windows at them. We have to say, all right, that happened. That was frustrating. Anyway, let me get back to the song I was singing. You know, we even broaden that and talk about the fact that I say this almost once a show, a bad moment doesn't have to be a bad day. We have to learn how to be more flexible with our emotions. They're very workable and very flexible, but we traditionally get very hooked and we buy into it and we hold on to it. And again, mental health is about what? Sensitivity, reactivity, and the time it takes us to get back to baseline. We wanna be less sensitive. We wanna let things go. We wanna be less reactive when we are really taking something on and not have such extreme dramatic responses. And then finally, we wanna get back to base as quick as possible. Like my car example. Someone cut you off in traffic. Okay, it wasn't that deep. Everyone survived. Nothing bad happened. You're just frustrated. So let's not be so sensitive and make a big deal out of it. But if you're going to take it on, let's not be so reactive. That's like a, a low response. You got frustrated. Okay. And then let's get back to normal as quick as possible. Let's keep singing that song we were singing and focus on where we're headed. That's what a healthy person does. It's a bleep on the screen. You know, they have a flexibility in it. They don't get hooked on it and get infected on it and be sensitive and dramatic and then carry it into the whole day and they're angry all day. It's like, whoa, that is a very mentally unhealthy person. So that's part of this work. So we're gonna come back and talk a little bit more because we're working on how can we be, be better this fall? <laughs> you know, we have a lot of stressors coming um, and I just wanna talk about pure mental health tonight. And then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, question you got, helping others as you're helping yourself, always anonymous, always confidential. Put that uh, question in the DMs on our Loveland IG page. Also, you can put in their topics, something you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper into, put it in there. And past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all.
All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about generalized mental health. This kind of came into my mind because I was doing a couple sessions this week and people were saying, you know, school's here, the summer's ending, the fall's coming. And I was just watching people just just anticipatorily, if not literally starting to slide, backslide in terms of their mental health. And I thought, all right, let's just get back to the basics because that's really what it is, what we need in those times when we're panicked, when we're spinning out, when we're feeling overwhelmed, life is chaotic. It's like, get back to the basics. So... What is that looking for, or what does that look like for us? Well, a, a bunch of different things. We're, we're realizing that mental health is caused by a lot of different um, factors in our day and in our lives, and it's it's just very lazy to say, oh, it's genetic, it's a brain thing, you need a pill. No, that's about 20 to 30% of the time, but most of the time it's based on the factors around us and our relationship to them and how well we're managing them. And that's kind of then we move into the next point, that there's no bad emotions, and emotions also shouldn't be dictating your behavior. Emotion should never be dictating what is said and done. What should is your your integrity, your value system, the person you want to be. Just because you're feeling a certain way doesn't mean you have to do anything with it or about it. Be angry, but still act and speak lovingly. Yeah, you can do both, but some people don't know how to just observe and notice feelings. Most people get hooked on them, infected with them, and they think that that determines what you act and how you say or what you say and how you act. And I love using examples about you know, road rage. Uh, a lot of people can relate to it if, if not because they do it, they do it themselves, but they've been in the car with someone who does, or they've seen it. And, um, that's a sign of someone who's very out of control and mentally ill. One of the key components of mental health is self-regulation. And I was saying how it's about being less sensitive to things, letting things go. You can't make an issue of everything that's exhausting for you and those around you. That's bad for your mental health and the mental health of those in the car with you or around you. You then can't be so reactive when things happen, if you choose to not just let it go, crank it down. And then we have to get back to zero quicker baseline, like let it go and get over it. Those are the three traits we really want to work on, but there's no bad emotions. We have no problem with the emotions we deem to be good, but we struggle with the ones that are bad because we turn pain into suffering. We're not feeling great. Okay. That's an energy in your body. And then we make it worse by saying, oh, and it's a bad emotion and it shouldn't be feeling this way. And I need to get rid of it as soon as possible. Whoa. Like all, like all emotions, good or bad, just let them be. Notice them. Observe them. Let them be a part of your day. We have to, as I say, make room for them. It's not about eliminating them. We're not cranking it up. We're not cranking it down. We're not ignoring them, but we're also not dramatizing and catastrophizing them either. We're just taking that middle path. Just letting them be. Oh, I'm feeling a little depressed today. Okay, Glad you noticed it. Now let's get back to what we're going to do with the day. Oh, I'm feeling really angry. Okay. You're feeling really angry. Okay. Allow that. Acknowledge that, but don't live from it. Don't act from it. Scary people are the people that can't do that. Um, what else do we want to think about? This was an interesting one that came in. And I know I often talk a lot about social media and that's because of its prevalence. And I wish more people would, especially more people in my field. A lot of people in my field don't even know how to talk about it. They haven't really done the work to understand its connection to mental health or they don't see it as such. But what was really interesting is kind of like when we talk about STDs and STIs, it was something that we often think is something that we only need to talk to younger individuals about. And then all of a sudden there's a spike in the, you know, a spike and a rise in the uh, diagnoses for people in their later years around STDs and STIs. And we're like, oh yeah, that's right. Everyone has sex (laughs) and we need to talk to everyone about safer sex practices. Well, same thing with social media use. It's not just something that the kids have to think about and talk about. Adults also have to think about how it can be good for their mental health and in the way that it might be bad for their mental health. This is something that impacts all of us. But let's globalize it and just say media. Media matters. What are you reading? What are you watching? That will impact your mood. That will normalize things. 
pay attention to that. So we do want to understand that social media is something everyone needs to pay attention to. How it's getting in the way of the way they're moving through the world, how it's impacting their mental health, um, the vulnerability, the balancing of it. Yes, that is something we all have to think about. Um, Adding to that, that I think was really interesting is the continued acknowledgement that we're still in a pandemic and looking at and thinking about the ways that that is still in existence mental health wise and will continue to be for length of time. You know, the CDC really has relaxed some guidelines and for people like myself that do care about those that have compromised immune systems and people that are um, not as able-bodied, it does matter. And they are still negatively impacted and we somehow disregard them and we focus only on those that are maybe quote unquote healthier or quote unquote lower risk. It's still a risk. And I still know people that have gotten COVID recently and are struggling profoundly because of it. We somehow are bored of hearing about it. We've reduced its impact. Nope, still a serious thing. Yes, it's still going on and it really does matter. Um, and the effects of it matter, you know, people still trying to figure out how to interact with the world, um, what, what feels safe to them, um, self-care, bad habits that have emerged. And so I still want us to think about that. And maybe the only way we think about is in this moment right now, when I bring up the topic, just just say to yourself, yeah, maybe it's somehow still impacting me. Or maybe that's the question I pose. How might it still be impacting me? So I can be softer, more compassionate with myself, softer and more compassionate with those around me, realizing we aren't back to normal and maybe we never will be. In fact, we move forward to a new normal. And what are the implications of the time we're still in and the time we just came out of? And sometimes that's all it is, just a softness and a compassion and an awareness and and and, and allowing that to be a comfortable conversation. Um, all right, when we come back, we're gonna do some DMs. We also don't go anywhere. Questions, topics, put them in the DMs on our Loveland IG page. Otherwise, stick around. You're listening to Loveland with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my brother has recently been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. I've researched the syndrome and I know a lot about it. What I'm struggling to find are ways that family members can cope with and deal with it. He's 28 years old. So while this has been going on for years, it's been undiagnosed. Thank you for any resources you have. I have a ton. You want to be very thoughtful because there are some organizations that, um, perceive autism as a um, problem to be fixed or as a burden on the family. And they really don't honor that this is a healthy individual who moves through the world differently and communicates differently and needs to be supported and not shamed or treated as though there's something wrong with them or they're a problem. They have a different brain. They have a different way of socializing. They have a different way of communicating. And your job as family members is to figure out how to communicate with them, not to shame them, not to get them to try to quote unquote perform normal. Normal is not the goal. Authenticity and confidence are. And again, there's some autism stuff out there that's all about forcing these individuals to participate in what we call a neurotypical way. And that's not healthy. We want to honor neurodivergence, um, neuroatypicality, which means everyone has a different brain. Everyone communicates differently. People that are deaf, they communicate differently. They use sign language. They're not bad. They're not broken. They're not disordered. They communicate differently. They have a different language. The right way isn't to be able-bodied. 
their disability exists and there's strengths and beauties in that and autism and Asperger's falls under that as well. So there's a lot of really bad organizations out there that again, make it a problem and they see it as a burden and that really dishonors the individual. And it's really overly centering the needs of the family. It's like, no, this is about this individual. And how do we learn to accommodate their needs? How do we learn to communicate in ways that they communicate? So I always recommend um, working with and getting resources from uh, organizations that are led by autistic individuals themselves and advocate for autistic individuals themselves. And um, there's a lot of those organizations out there. But avoid the ones that have symbols of puzzle pieces as though there's something bad or wrong missing in this individual and they need to get fixed and corrected. So avoid the puzzle piece, people. Um, that's a really good communicator of that one. And again, work with organizations that actually honor the needs of that community and center the needs of that community and have members of that community actually on the board and making decisions for themselves. And look for things that are rooted in neurodiversity and therapists that work in a neurodivergent way. These are key terms you have to look for. It's kind of like if you're working with a personal trainer, you wanna find someone who's not gonna weigh you and not gonna talk about weight loss and scales. You wanna talk work with someone who's body positive, body diverse. You wanna also work with a anti-diet dietitian, someone who's not gonna put you on diets. 99% of them fail. They'll work with you on intuitive eating and intuitive exercise. So we do need to be thoughtful because the standard ways that a lot of people operate in our world don't honor where the work is and where it needs to go. So again, you're looking for neurodiversity, you're looking for autism advocacy. Um, there's a lot out there. So like the, um, the autistic self-advocacy network is a great place to start organizations. Again, you'll, you'll start to see this. You'll start to see them using key terms because again, your brother, your brother needs care and support. You know, that's what, that's what he needs. He needs to feel secure in who he is. He needs to feel secure and confident in the fact that he can live a beautiful, wonderful life. He needs to feel secure in the fact that his brain, the beautiful brain that he has is maybe not the same as others, but no one has a, the same brain as anyone else. And that strengths come from every position that people that are autistic or um, have Asperger's have a lot of skills and assets and strengths that people that are more neurotypical that don't have that kind of brain don't have. And that there's a beauty in both ways of being and that we're, we're learning how to work with, not how to change. So we don't want to pathologize. We don't want to shame. So just be very thoughtful. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. That's about normalization. Um, and that's not the route we want to go. We want to go neurodiversity, honoring all the different ways people can exist neurologically. Um, I'll try to, uh, on one of my uh, Instagram pages, post some more resources just so everyone has access to that. Um, if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want us to hit, something maybe you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, drop that, as I said, in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Lots of great stuff over there because it's all about unlearning a lot of what we've been taught. <laughs> decolonizing, desocializing. But then we got to replace that with some better information. So that's how you do that. Stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we're back and we're focusing exclusively on mental health. It's important to do shows where it's just that clean and clear and direct uh, just as a way to kind of recalibrate and check in on it. Um, I'd love to do that once a week. <laughs> just say like, hey, mental health, remember? Uh, I, I worry about that in sessions with patients where, you know, we, we do a session and so it's very much focused for that time on mental health and then they go back out into the world 
you know, where a lot of things don't remind them to check back in on it, to consider it, to prioritize it. I'm always thinking it because that's all I do. <laughs> so I'm always living with those reminders. Easy examples, things like the culinary world or the fitness world, where if you're a fitness trainer, you are always surrounded by that kind of talk, that kind of engagement. So it's always top of mind. Same thing with the culinary world. You're always thinking about ingredient choice and local produce and uh, you know uh, flavor profiles because you're trained to think in that way, you're working with that. And so you're kind of moving through the world, always paying attention and noticing. And um, for the most of us though, we just eat our food and we use words like tasted good, I'm full. And we kind of jump over and ignore all the other complex, beautiful elements that exist within that. And I think a lot of people do that with mental health. We get, we get so distracted by generalized life and we need things that remind us to come back to that. As I always say, it's why people go to church every week. That's always my favorite example because they wanna be reminded weekly of who they wanna be. But once a week isn't enough. And so in the very least, people listening to Loveline, it's the nightly or weekly, however often you're listening. And again, we're podcasted. So go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down for Loveline and click on it. And there they all are. So you can repeat, re-listen to episodes. You need repetition. But that's why I'm thankful to be able to do this show and to write my books, Rebel Love, Sex Outside the Lines, which are two books people can keep with them, read through, use them as workbooks, just to build in other moments throughout their day. That's why I also keep my social media, at Dr. Donahue, my Instagram, my Twitter. Um, I also try to center those in a lot of mental health tips and tricks and some of my, you know, cuckoo personal life, but I want people to have moments throughout the day, every day, but at least weekly in the very least, but really we need it daily where we're being reminded to focus on our mental health. But more importantly, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Cause some people are like, okay, I'm going to focus on it. But like, what does focusing on it look like? And there's a lot of different ways and it's going to change. And that's why I'm constantly coming back to these basic topics because as basic as they are, they're not, and they have been flow and we have to contextualize them. And at different times in our lives, we need different things and different reminders. So we're talking about the fact that all emotions are healthy, expect to experience all of them. In fact, mental health is feeling every emotion, good and bad, and feeling them deeply, but regulating them, not getting overwhelmed by them, not illegitimizing, not cranking up and dramatizing, just allowing. There are no bad emotions. Emotions are just energies attached to thought processes that often lead to behavior. And we're trying to not let them lead to behavior. We're trying to say an emotion is something I feel and it's often tied to a thought process and they're cyclical where my thinking can lead to emotions, my emotions can lead to thinking, but my behavior, the way I move through the world and engage with other people or myself can come from a healthier, better place. I can feel something and act differently. All parents at times want to scream at their child and maybe spank them, but the healthy parents don't. They go, I feel that, but I'm not going to act on it. I'm going to act for my integrity and my value system. And we can apply that to every emotion. No emotion mandates any specific activity or behavior. We get to decide how we engage and what we do with it. Depression, for example, often leads to a lot of catastrophizing and negative thought processes about self, others, the world, and the future. But we have to challenge that and say, that isn't the case, not with everyone, not all the time, and acknowledge that that's not based in reality. And we have to hold both. Depression also leads to a lot of what we call behavioral deactivation, not wanting to do anything, but we actually still can do things. Depression doesn't prevent us from doing things. It just maybe makes it harder. And we have to challenge ourselves to push into that discomfort and to move forward anyway. That's all we got. Medications can help for sure. 
but you're still left on your own. No one and nothing is coming to save you. It's still on your shoulders to do the necessary work to move through the world in the way you want. That is very compassion-centered and trauma-informed. Some people that that these emotions and the depression, for example, might be more intense and maybe more complex. It might be even harder for them to participate in the world, but it's still your choice what you wanna do in those difficult moments and who you wanna be. And as someone myself who's experienced all the range of human emotions, trauma, clinical, major depression, generalized anxiety, agoraphobia, I do know what it's like because I work with clients thousands upon thousands of hours in my lifetime and also my own individual experiences with those things. I do know how hard it is. And that's why I know how imperative this work is. And so we have to, we have to, we have to focus on the right things in this because it's easy to get lost in it and to get the wrong messaging from those around us, which is if you're feeling something bad, then something bad is wrong and we have to act a certain way. None of that is true. We have to learn how to notice and allow and not get hooked on it and still make behavioral choices based on our integrity and our value system. Um, what else do we want to talk about? We talked about social media, how that's something everyone has to pay attention to, talking about the fact that the pandemic is still in existence, which means that people are still having new and intense responses to it, even if it doesn't feel direct. You're still impacted by it. We still are impacted by what we just came out of. Uh, so we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that. And uh, later we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us or topic you want us to hit, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be back, y'all. Stick around. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and um, talking about how life is hard, life is difficult, life is complex, we are busy, we are distracted, tons of curveballs, but we still got to focus on our mental health because that's the foundation upon on which everything else is built. And when our mental health isn't doing well, nothing is going to be doing well. <laughs> that's why it's always got to be the number one thing we're talking about. Always. And you always have to ask, how's this going to impact my mental health? What changes are needed? You know, and I want us to remind other people to do the same thing which is why I'm glad the show exists. For some people, it's the only time they're hearing these things, being reminded of these things, being uh, uh, told to prioritize these things. So um, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're normalizing all emotions. None of them are bad. We're allowing them. We understand the pandemic is still something that's in us and with us and will be for a while. We're not shaming that. Um, another thing that I think is a really vital part of the constellation of mental health is uh, not tying our uh, not tying our self worth to our productivity um, or what's going on around us because that is a losing battle and that is a losing definition. And a lot of people do that. And that was coming up very early in the pandemic when clients were like, oh my God, people are writing books and recording music and doing all these things. And I'm just like resting and sleeping. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's a pretty normal response. You know, in difficult times, we shouldn't be challenging ourselves to do more or to do 100%. And that's why I'm always saying do 70% max in every domain of your life so that we're not living in burnout and tying our worth and our self-esteem to what we're producing. Productivity is not always possible and reasonable. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. That doesn't mean it's a reasonable expectation for you. And in fact, don't assume that what they're doing is the healthy thing to be doing. And that's why I was talking earlier in the show about a joy calendar, which is really a mental health calendar where you're kind of tracking where your time and energy is going and making sure you're focusing on some other things as well, panning out and really getting a perspective as to what you're prioritizing and centering. And then you're not so surprised as to why maybe your mental health ain't doing so well. 
Uh, we talk about that a lot with couples. They're like, you know, well, work is a long day, and then they come home and I have no energy left. I'm supposed to be a family man, or I'm supposed to be, you know, a good boyfriend. I'm supposed to be sexual. We're tired, and that's why putting this calendar together really helps you kind of reorganize that. But you'll have to go back and listen to that. And if you want to do that, you can go check out the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. It's all the past episodes, including parts of tonight's show that you might have missed. But we want to remind people your self-worth should come from being a good person, not based on what you're doing, what your job is, how much money you're making, or how many things you own. But that's what we're led to believe in our culture, that I have to look a certain way, have a certain have certain things, and that's when I can be able to feel good about myself. And that isn't true. Let's push back on that. Um, another thing I thought was really rough is looking at studies around, ready for this one? Let me just start with the stat. About 75% of young adults, 75, um, 75% of young adults with mental health issues, so that's the bulk of them, are not in any contact with mental health services. So 75% of teens who are having mental distress and issues aren't receiving any services, which is why I do shows like tonight's show to remind you, how's your mental health doing? But again, how's everyone else's mental health around you doing? Can you check in on it with them? Can you remind them to prioritize it? Can we have those difficult conversations so that people can get the support they need, whether that just means a supportive friend or getting into some kind of therapy? Oh yes, because a lot of us ignore it, don't prioritize it, or don't even recognize it. Not everyone is living in a social world or in a culture where it is acceptable or reasonable to go seek help. Ignoring access to health, which is a lot easier now with telehealth. You can work with anyone in your state. You can also get into some coaching with someone out of state. But again, not everyone is living within a family or within a school or within a social group where they feel safe or confident saying, hey, I'm struggling with my relationship to drugs and alcohol, with my relationship to my depression or anxiety. I think I need some added support or at least want to be able to talk about it and normalize it. Very shame-based. Still which is why I was loving and still loving all these celebrities that are coming out saying I'm taking time from travel. I mean, Justin Bieber and that other guy whose name I can never remember, the tall one with the longer curly brown hair that everyone seems to love. Um, I know I don't participate in pop culture enough to know these people, but um, they're all taking breaks from touring to focus on their mental health. Another one of these pop stars came out saying I'm taking a break from social media to focus on my mental health. I love seeing the athletes taking a break from the Olympics and the sport in general to focus on their mental health. Dear God in heaven, you're not a machine. It's not your job to produce money for the company you work for or the industry or even for yourself. Take care of yourself. I love writing letters for clients so they can get mental health time off. And, and, and things like that. that that's, that's important, we all should be doing that. Take your vacation time, take your mental health time, take your sick days. You should be taking all of it and resting. I don't want people to try to have perfect attendance at school. My God, stay home when you're having a hard day. Stay home when you're not feeling well. Stay home when you need rest. Dear God, stop prioritizing burnout and working to the bone. It's leading to drug and alcohol issues, mental health issues, heart disease, not okay. We have to flip that. And I, and I, and I, by God, I will be a part of pushing back and trying to flip that. And I had to do that with myself. I realized I was doing too much and I had to start saying no and setting boundaries, um, doing less clinical work, doing less media work, centering my own joy, centering my own comfort. Um, if I'm not doing it, my God, how can I expect other people to do it? And I see the benefit in that. I'm supporting my friends and family members in doing that. I'm supporting my patients in doing that challenging 
what they think it means to be a good person or to be a productive member of society, challenging them to focus on being just a good person to themselves and those around them and their health. It's wild. And that's like just a little bit of a chink, a chink in the armor. You know, there it's like a little bit of a, you know, an undoing of this larger ball. That's so gigantic and powerful. Um, optimization culture, hustle culture, grind culture. They are still very prioritized still. Oof. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, all right, we're going to come back, talk more about this, and then we're going to be doing some DMs. So you know the drill at the DMs, y'all. You got a question? Helping others as you're helping yourself. Always confidential, always anonymous. Whatever you got, put it in the DMs on our Level Energy page. Also throw in there whatever topics you want us to hit. Maybe something you want us to circle back to, hit again, drop into deeper. Put those topics on the Level Energy page. And uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Level Line and click on it. Otherwise, y'all, stick around. We'll be back. Lots more to come. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back talking about centering, prioritizing mental health, mental health, which basically means trying to flip the script, flip the world on its head, re recenter things, decenter other things. Oof. The work never stops, uh, but it's meaningful. It's important. You're up against a lot though. I realize that sometimes in my clinical practice when I'm thinking, oh God, I have to go up against capitalism and corporate culture and grind hustle and materialism and toxic gym culture and body shaming and toxic elements of diet culture. And people are talking about, you know, having to earn food and doing extra cardio because they ate something and feeling bad for taking a day off. And I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much to do. <laughs> there's so many threads to unravel. And here I am on this show trying to just pull them out one at a time. That's why you all need to really do some activism and advocacy around this as well for yourselves, but also for the everyone else that you know is part of your world, reminding them to do this work, reminding them of how important this is. And we all have to start kind of creating the world we want to be a part of, planting the seeds of the trees we want to sit under. I think that was a quote of Octavia Butler, beautiful Afrofuturist writer, uh, queer woman of color, just saying we have to we have to really work hard to construct the world we want to be a part of because the one we're a part of is so toxic and sick. And if we don't do this work, who will? Not the people that are benefiting from it. Um, so that's the challenge. Ask yourself, what is my life really prioritizing? What is my life communicating to those around me is most important to me? And how do I feel about that? Like, is that true? Is that honest? Do I agree with that? And if not, how do we make some changes? It's what I'm always talking about. It's what I'm always writing about. It's what I'm always putting on my social media. Um, and then I see these stats where I was sharing this before the break that 75% of teens struggling with mental health are receiving no services. Heartbroken. How's that going to change? Um, also looking at more stats about how LGBTQIA plus individuals uh, still need affirming healthcare, still need safe spaces. Um, I'm still heartbroken to hear people misgendered, people slut shamed because doctors don't understand sex positivity, um, body positivity. They're still doing unnecessary weigh-ins, which is fat phobic and fat shaming. We're still using words like obese, which is offensive and a pejorative. Um, it, it, we have so much to do. I, I'm still listening to people with big platforms talk about, you know, fear of fat and fat phobia. Uh, we're using words like sex and love addiction, which aren't real things and they're pathologizing. Like the work never stops, um, but it's necessary and it's meaningful. Oof. But when I saw the LGBTQIA stats where they're just talking about all the violence that these individuals suffer, just trying to access healthcare, mental health care, it's like, whoa. Um, 
So we need more affirming spaces, uh, which is what this radio show attempts to also be a part of. Also, we need to talk more about suicidality and self-harm and problematic relationship to drugs and alcohol and not worry that we're going to be pathologized or shamed or have our rights taken away. We have to have safe spaces to talk about our struggles. Um, and we're still working on doing that. We're still working on normalizing that. So I'm really proud and thankful again for the people with larger platforms that are openly discussing these things to normalize it, to make it something that we're familiar hearing and talking about so people can identify with that, build community, access resources. We have to normalize, normalize, normalize. Um, everyone pretending like everything's great and business as usual with a fake smile on their face really serves no one and harms everyone. And I want us to challenge that. So, you know, talk more with those around you and your family members and friends and colleagues about your depression, about your anxiety, about taking a break from drinking, about getting sober, um, all these different pieces. Let's have less shame about our histories around those things as well. Saying, yeah, I was suicidal during that time of my life and here's the help I got. Yes, these are scars from self-harm. At that time, I was very dysregulated and didn't know how to care for myself. Yes, I'm sober, you might say, because drugs and alcohol were something that were really toxic and dangerous for me. And now I'm in recovery and I'm going to moderation management, learning how to drink differently, or I'm going to She Recovers. I'm going to a female-centered, non-12-step-based based program because that matches my belief system, um, getting the service you need, going to providers that uh, are able to meet you where you're at, all sorts of stuff. So we got to talk more about that. The, you know, you're probably friends with or a family member of or in a relationship with someone who maybe struggle with that stuff, but they don't feel safe bringing it forward because of how you might shame or stigmatize them. So the more we talk about, the more we normalize it, the less of that. And then those teens, the 75% of them that aren't getting services can because some of them don't know they need help. Some of them don't know that help is available or where to go to find it. And some of them are worried, what will it mean if I acknowledge that I'm getting help? What will my friends say? What will my parents even say? Hmm, right? So we got to talk about it. And that's why I'm always saying, how's your mental health? And ask other people how their mental health is. It's a very direct, specific question and topic. More of that, more of that, more of that. But anyway, thank you to those with the larger platforms that are also a part of that work because it's very vulnerable. And I try to talk about my own mental health stuff as often as I can without making the show about me, but also trying to let you know, even someone who's done multiple doctoral programs, has certifications and trainings, writes books on this stuff, still is a human and still also has all of the human experience in my experience. And that that's something we all can um, relate to, to some extent, if not total extent. Um, all right, when we come back, we're going to do some DMs also, you know, put some questions in there, topics, things you want us to hit. Past episodes, got to do that repetition, unlearn to relearn. It's all there. We are channelq.com. Scroll down there for Loveline and click on it. Binge, post, re-listen, and share. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and uh, now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Uh, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I think my best friend is in love with me. See, this is a rough one, because before we get into the question, I want to remind everyone that just because you enjoy someone on one level doesn't mean we should push for more because more is always better. Sometimes if you enjoy someone's friendship, the best way to preserve that friendship is to just stay as friends. Because remember, we afford our friends more latitude, more leeway, we let go of things. Where once we're dating somewhere, so when the attachment system kicks in and we primatize them and we, we, we put a lot of expectations on them. Because again, we have a very toxic model of how we run our relationships and we put very odd expectations on our partners and we think we own them and off and running we go. Um, so if you're friends with someone and that's working out, keep it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Changing the structure changes the entire relationship. So just because maybe you're also friends that hook up sometimes doesn't mean you should try dating because that's changing the structure. Now there's different expectations that you'll call me every day, that I'm going to see you on Valentine's Day, where before as friends with benefits, it was lighter, it was simpler, and that's why it worked. So again, changing the structure of a relationship means it's going to get harder and more complex. And often it's best to leave things alone. So if you value this friend, prove it by just staying friends. Because friendships have more sustainability and um, more, um, uh, what's the word? More resilience and more sustainability than romance. Yep. You have a higher chance of it ending if it's romantic. But back to your question. I, di I digress. I think I'm in love with my friend. She hasn't addressed it yet. Oh, no. You said I think my best friend's in love with me, but she hasn't addressed it yet. Okay. Well, so maybe you're wrong. Um, I'll catch her staring at me. She gets defensive every time I bring up someone I'm talking to. She'll go out of her way to make sure whatever I need at that time gets done. So she seems a little maybe people-pleasing or she's just a great friend. Um, we'll see. More to come. While I appreciate it, you said, I can tell that there's been a switch and something. Oh, sorry. I can't. I don't know why I can't read this. I can tell that there's been a switch and it's starting to get uncomfortable. Do I ask her about it? I love these questions. Well, here, let me tell you this. I can't answer that for you. I certainly don't have the answer. No one else in your life does either. And that's why I lovingly laugh when people want to read 
text messages to me or text messages to their best friend and say, what do you think? My answer is always, I don't know, go ask them. Because part of my answer is, what kind of relationship do you want with this person? Do you want a close, intimate, transparent relationship? I hope you do. Well then absolutely say, hey, can we talk about something? Here's what I'm noticing. Help me understand what this is about. Don't assume, don't diagnose it, don't say I think you're in love with me, but share the evidence that you're encountering. Share with them the experience you're having. Let them weigh in on it. The best the best dynamic is always a one-to-one relationship. So if you wanna be a good friend, tell your friend to go ask or, or go directly to the person. That's always should be the advice. The advice should be, I don't know, I'm happy to listen, I'm happy to share my thoughts, I'm happy to hold space for you, but we'll never know, we're guessing, <laughs> you should go ask them. <laughs> Do you, you wanna know if someone's mad at you? go ask them. Do you want to know if someone doesn't want to be your friend anymore? Go ask them. Do you want to know someone has a crush on you? Go ask them, right? That's the only person who can answer this is your friend. And again, it does become a question of how much closeness and intimacy do you want in your friendship? And this is a way to practice that and to normalize that. So sounds like it's possible, but it could be something else. It could be that they're afraid of losing you. It could be that they're just very sensitive. It could be that you're completely misreading this. It could be that they thought there was food in your teeth and there consistently is. I don't know. But there's nothing wrong with bringing this up. We have to be able to have difficult, anxiety-inducing, and vulnerable conversations with anyone who's in any kind of close and primary role in our life. So here's the opportunity to honor that and to practice that. I would want a friend to give me the opportunity to weigh in on whatever they're wondering about. Just like if I'm in a relationship with someone romantically, I'd want to be given that opportunity. I wouldn't want them to be decoding my text messages when they can just ask me. (laughs) So that's my question back to you. Why can't you just ask? Because it's uncomfortable? That's never a reason to back away from something. Go do it. Go get comfortable, you know, your relationship and you will be better off for it. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, so join us then. In the meantime, drop some DMs in our Loveline IG page in those DMs. And maybe if there's a question you want us to answer, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, plug that in there as well. And past episodes of the show, you can always check it out over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Spend the rest of the night though, uh, being kind to yourselves and those around you. Tons of joy, pleasure, and self-care. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. And you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.